Well, hello and welcome to the 645 Pod. This is a podcast that we created to help uh, look after and encourage the 645 community as well as anyone else who wants to listen along and be encouraged as we talk about God's Word and how we can live for God, which is what we're looking at in Season 2, the theme of living for God um, and thinking about different practical areas in our lives that living for God affects. This week, we're talking about church. Um, my name's Simon. I'm an MTS apprentice here at Christchurch, and every week I'm joined by... I'm Anton, and I'm the Minister for 645 here at Christchurch St. Ives. So, as I've said, we're looking at church today, so let's get stuck in. We might even have a special guest for this episode. Might. <laughs> Do? Oh, whoa. <laughs> we have a special guest for this week. And it is Nigel Fortescue. Who are you, Nigel? I am Nigel Fortescue, surprisingly. Yeah, also that? a senior minister of Christ Church St. Ives. Yeah, it's great to have you on the 645 pod. It is great to be here. And we brought you along because we're talking about church and uh, you love the church and you lead us um, here as, at the church in Anglican Church in St. Ives. So it's great to have you along. All these things are true and I'm glad to be here. So, Nigel, we uh, have not been able to have physical church for the last few months with with COVID, but we've had a few expressions of uh, gathering together over last weekend. We had a fireside for kids, we had a house party for youth, we had the AGM, not quite the same for adults. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How did you feel over that weekend where we had people gathering for... Uh, you know, as the body of uh, it was great. It was great to have people back in the building in droves, and we had uh, scores of kids Friday night. There was more than a hundred teenagers and leaders on Saturday. We had hundred and twenty, I think, at the AGM mm-hmm. on Sunday. And just seeing people in the building was almost a unique experience for yeah. me, given that uh, we we had three Sundays. Uh, from when I started to when we stopped services. So it was just fantastic. And uh, for those who love an AGM, it was a great AGM. It was a good AGM, our annual general meeting for our church. Um, Now, of course, that all happened before we are restricted again to 100 in our building. And so for us here at Christchurch, being a larger church, that means uh, a pause being hit on gathering together physically. What's that been like for you? Obviously, you know, you're still newish here, you've only had a few gatherings uh, since your time here. What's it been like for you not being able to gather physically? Yeah, uh, speaking personally, it's been exceptionally weird to sort of take on a job in which you want to lead leaders in pastoring the people of our church and to know that all the people who are part of our leadership team, uh, all the way down to our growth group leaders, everyone's feeling a measure of frustration. Um, that seeing people built up as wholehearted disciples of Jesus is more difficult in this season. Mm. Uh, so for me, I feel that same frustration, but I also feel a sense of excitement because we've been able to be flexible and thoughtful in the way that we can, can continue to gather as a church, even though we are disparate and in our own lounge rooms mainly or in the lounge rooms of a friend or something else like that. So there is a frustration and an excitement element to the whole thing for me. Yeah, totally. 
that's probably a good transition then in terms of what do we actually think about church is? Like what, yeah. what is church? That was a good transition, Simon. Yeah, yeah thank well you. Very impressive. <laughs> I thought that while you were saying that. Um, but, you know, we kind of think about church, we call the building church, and there are mm. different churches. Um, but we, I think, if you're in any kind of Christian circles, you also hear everyone saying all the time, church is not the building, it's the people. Mm. Um, but, you know, even in this COVID time, that's kind of made us have to think about what is what does it mean to be God's church um, in a different kind of way? Um, so maybe we can just have a chat about what, what actually is church? How would you define church? What, what does the Bible say church is, do you think? Yeah, so I think stripping away some of the ways we use church is a good place to start because mm-hmm. we do use the church for the building. Sometimes we also use the church for the denomination mm-hmm. like or the, the Anglican, Anglican church. church is the church or mm-hmm. the Presbyterian church is the church. Um, I sort of think a church building, we need to call a church building. Mm. Uh, we need to call denominations a denomination or perhaps even a property and HR manager because that's <laughs> primarily what denominations do yeah. is uh, property and human resources. Mm. Uh, the church itself is actually God's people gathered together around Christ mm. uh, by his spirit, being instructed by the word of God. Mm. And I think that all of those elements need to be brought together if we're going to understand what church is from the scriptures, mm. uh, because it's very easy for us to sort of just think, oh, a bunch of Christians got together and watched a movie. There's church. Yeah. No, that was just Christian people enjoying a movie. Mm. Uh, church is way more specific than that. Mm. So you said it was God's people gathered together by the Spirit to uh, be instructed by the Word of God. Yeah, with Christ present by His Spirit. Yeah, yeah. Um, What's that meant for us as we've done Sundays online? How have we, particularly when lockdown was tighter and we couldn't even have people in our homes necessarily, was that church or how do we view church in in this uh, lockdown scenario? Yeah, look, I I think... Some people I know are sort of like, this is not church, you know, really hard line on, on that one is draw hard uh, black and whites. Uh, for me, I think where we've been able to create a sense of engagement with each other uh, through the chat function and other bits and pieces where we know that we're doing something with others, where we're coming under the sound of the gospel to praise God and, and listen to his word and to want to grow in obedience to his word and as wholehearted disciples even though we're doing that in different places, I'm happy to call that church, particularly as we're doing it simultaneously. Mm. I think that if someone decides they're going to watch at 2.30 on a Sunday afternoon, I don't know that they've necessarily joined church. (laughs) You know, that's probably a little bit more, yeah, I think that's a little bit more outside the frame than when you know that there is a community of people gathering at 9.30 or 6.45 and we're gathered together to praise God together. And even though I may not hear the person singing in tune or out of tune three streets <laughs> away, there is a sense of we are gathered together with Christ by his spirit under the word to learn and grow together. Mm. And so I'm happy to call that church, but it's not the best yeah. version of church. Yeah, so there's, it's, there's that sense of it's not quite as it should be exactly right. during this time. Yeah, yeah, agreed, 100%. So in terms of us doing church during uh, during these restrictions, before we can come back together in the building and see each other face to face, what would be some helpful ways to approach digital church while we wait for our physical return? Yeah, uh, I mean there, there are just basic things. I think like just make sure that when you are getting ready for six forty-five or you're getting ready for 
for 9.30, if you're doing 9.30, that, that you actually do all the normal things that you would do as if you were coming to the building. So grab your Bible and have you... Sorry, I was going to say arrive late. Yeah, arrive late. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe even arrive on time. Uh, but, you know, grab your Bible and, um, you know, pray as you, um, you know, are turning on your computer, as I hope you pray as you are driving towards church. Um, but then there are other things that we can do to actually then help the engagement in this time of disconnection. Uh, you can invite people to your home mm. at the moment where that's safe and where you're willing to do that. If you're not able to do that, then, you know, why not FaceTime two or three people or Skype two or three, four, half a dozen people all from your individual lounge or use GoToMeeting, whatever platform you want to use, and, uh, and actually have the experience of seeing friends doing church while you are all watching on the screen at the same time. I know that there's issues of, you know, simultaneous, you not, may not hear exactly the same thing at the same time, but even even being able to see faces and engage with people is important because that's, that's part of its gathering together. So trying to bring some gathering together, I think, might be uh, another thing that can be done if we're not able to get into each other's homes. Yeah. yeah. And so what, why, why is gathering core to the essence of church? Mm. So why isn't it, you know, oh, I'm part of God's people, therefore aren't I part of God's church? Kind of twenty four seven. What's the what's the significance of the time when we actually get together in preference physically, but uh, digitally yeah. at this point? Yeah, uh, the significance of it is that it is mirroring what God is ultimately doing with humanity. So, a, a little picture of ultimate humanity can be found either in the Garden of Eden or in, say, Revelation seven, where you have a picture of people from every tribe and nation and language and tongue gathered around the throne, praising the Lamb, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. And in that, that is the ultimate trajectory mm. of humanity under Christ. Uh, not for all humans. Some will reject Christ and not be found around that throne, sadly. Uh, but ultimately, the way that God has always operated with his people on earth is that they might gather together, be gathered together around him and his word. And so in the Garden of Eden, you had Adam and Eve, and they were meant to gather with God. You saw God walking in the cool of yep. the day. And there's this sense of incredible sense of, you know, they, they might have been able to actually just sit down and chill with God, having a picnic in the Garden of Eden, and maybe Simon's cakes would have been there. It would have been amazing. Um, but even when that picture is broken, God's presence is symbolized by the tabernacle, the temple, the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament. And there is still this force that draws people in. God says, come and gather around the Ark of the Covenant. Come and gather at the tabernacle. Come and gather at the temple. There's this centrifugal. One of them. Pedal. Yeah. Fugal. What goes in? The inward centra. <laughs> the centra, isn't it? The centra inwards force. I think it's, yeah. Centrifugal. You know, in yeah. in God's yes, that'd be very helpful. But there is this constant force with God that is drawing people to Himself and to His glory. And so, what we're doing in church is actually mirroring what's happening even now in heaven. Mm. In heaven, there is a permanent gathering that is even happening now with Christ around His throne. What we have on earth is an impermanent but excellent gathering. Uh, that is preparing us and helping us get prepared for that ultimate gathering with Christ. Yeah, okay. So the gathering of believers now in church mm. is kind of that local expression yeah. of the heavenly reality yeah. of um, us being around the Lord Jesus. Exactly right. So yeah. how, what does it mean that you said it's the 
at church when people gather, Jesus is present by the Holy Spirit. Mm. We often think, oh, you know, is Jesus here? We, you know, the promise is here when two or three are gathered in his yeah. name, Jesus is with them. What does that presence look like or mm. mean or how is that a reality? Yeah. So it's a reality because the Spirit of God is in each one of us. And it is a reality because the Spirit of God is helping open our eyes to God's Word as God's Word is preached and proclaimed in church, as it's spoken on the lips of each other, as it is sung to each other. Uh, God is working by His Spirit in us, and that Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. And so uh, we are united with Christ by the Spirit, and we are united together as a body of believers by that same spirit, and we are instructed through God's word by that same spirit. And um, so it doesn't it doesn't mean that you're going to come to church, there's going to be some big spooky experience, or you're going to see a white ghost flop around, or someone's going to flop onto the floor, or speak a weird language. Actually, it's just recognizing that when you engage with God and his word, God is at work by his spirit, mm. drawing us together in unity, and drawing us to be more and more like his son yeah. by the work of the Spirit. And that's helpful to remember that what's the evidence of Jesus being present by his Spirit amongst the gathering? Mm. Yeah, it's not necessarily a feeling or a mystical experience. Mm. It's one another speaking the word of God to each other yeah. and uh, people's hearts being changed by that word as it's spoken and taught and we encourage one another. Yeah, as, as the fruit of the word is seen, and as we love one another in the midst of that gathering, there is the evidence of the Spirit of God. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, Jesus says, "You will. they will know you are my disciples by your love. Mm. Where you see a gathering full of love, you go, there's the Spirit of God. Yeah. So church is pretty important then. We've got kind of a, a big idea of church is the kind of pointing towards the ultimate gathering of God's people in heaven. Um, where God's people can gather together to love and care for each other. Mm. But I think maybe also we can have some unhelpful attitudes in how we approach church mm. um, and how we think about church. Um, what do you think are, are some of the ways we think we can have unhelpful attitudes about church? And what do you think are some of those antidotes to those unhelpful attitudes we can have? Yeah. Uh, so I think that there are um, most of the unhelpful attitudes towards church or an unhelpful sort of postures towards church, I think, are centred in and from our own attitude towards what we're doing. Mm. Uh, if we expect to turn up to church and have a sort of experience like you have when you go to the movies, mm. where you, you're going to sit in a chair and everyone's gonna, everything's going to be done for you, it's going to be entertaining, yeah. I think you've sort of missed the point. Mm. is you go to church to actually gather with others to serve and love others and to sit under the word of God. Mm. So that's the first thing is you, you need to actually go postured ready to work mm. uh, and not postured ready to be entertained. Uh, and then secondly, I think we need to actually come to church ready to be changed. So we need to, when we come under the sound of the gospel, when we hear the Bible preached, we need to actually come humbly ready to be transformed by God through his word and the power of his spirit. And so if you come to church just sort of thinking, oh, I'm ticking a box or I'm, you know, I'm having to catch up with someone or I'm just hoping that, you know, I'm, I might, they might sing a song that I love finally this week <laughs> or something else like that, that, then you're really coming with the wrong attitude. If you come ready to be changed, ready to be transformed, ready to be honed as a wholehearted disciple of Jesus, then you, you've nailed it and you've got ready. Uh, for church. And then I think too, just coming ready to actually love others, 
means more than coming ready to catch up with my three friends and tell them what I did this morning. Uh, or tell them, you know, the eggs Benedict at this other cafe was awesome and next week before 6.45 we should all go. Uh, It's actually coming ready as part of that loving service to look out for others who need loving or serving. And what that that might actually mean is not talking to your besties. Or sitting with them. Or even sitting with them, but actually helping others who are wanting to be integrated into this body of Christ that they might uh, be loved by you even at your own expense of not being able to catch up with your besties. Mm. Mm. And, you know, 645 is a relatively large congregation when we come back and gather. And so it's not too difficult to feel like you're you're feeling left out or you're not feeling Mm. like you're um, in the midst of it all. How, if if you're feeling that, how should you approach church when we're called to love others, but others are called to love us? Yeah, it's really difficult, I think. And and I can understand that some people might get to that sort of point and just sort of think, throw their hands in the air and say, ah, too hard, I'm out of here. I'm going to go find a church of 20 people where I'm going to get noticed. Uh, And and I can understand that entirely. But I think we also need to um, recognise that we all have personal responsibility as humans and adults. And there are lots of ways of getting connected at 6.45 And one simple way is actually just to turn to the person next to you and say, hi, I'm relatively new here. Can you help me get oriented? Or to go and find a good-looking bearded ministry apprentice and say, (laughs) hi, I'm new here. Can you uh, give me some directions to how to get connected? Mm. I think ultimately... Or even even, um, before you get there, hi... I've been here for three or four years. Yes, and I'm not feeling connected. Yeah, Yeah. I think ultimately in our church, as it is in every church, the way that you are going to feel connected is by getting involved in a small group, Mm. in a growth group. And and so those the sort of scenarios where people will sort of say, oh, you know, I went to a big church and it was difficult. I'm going to go to a small church. And oh, I finally went to a church where there's 20 people and now I feel connected. Well, you can have that same experience of being connected by getting into the small group by getting into a growth group, by starting to actually engage with others, serve others, love others, grow with others, learn with others uh, week by week uh, in those growth groups. And our growth groups are our primary hub for pastoral care and for knowledge of each other. So really important that we have good systems to get people in groups mm. and people put their hand up and say, hey, get me connected. Yeah. Mm. And it's, it's that uh, others mentality that I think mm. will really help us as a congregation mm. to just not go, okay, well, my preference is to sit with all my friends, but who is someone other that mm. I could sit with? And uh, and then if the person who you sit with is other person-centred as well, then um, they'll be looking out for you as you yeah. look out for them. And I think, too, uh, we need to remember that we all fail. Mm-hmm. I've had some. I've had times in church where I have sat down in church and got up and walked away and not put, talked to the person next to me, and I'm the minister. <laughs> like, and so, let's have the same expectations of others towards us mm. as we might have of ourselves mm. towards others as well. And mm, and yeah. be gracious. Mm. Be gracious. People might come to church and they might have just had the biggest barney with their girlfriend, their father. Their they might have crashed their car on the way to church and they're going to sit in church. And if we suddenly have expectations of everyone, that everyone should be, you know, shiny, happy people holding hands, yeah. you know. Th- th- Are you old enough for that song? <laughs> I, don't know. I, don't know. I almost referenced it in the video. Okay, I think. So. But it is, um, 
I think we need to have a real sense of graciousness mm -hmm. towards each other as mm -hmm. well. And that's whether you have been around for 20 years or 20 minutes, whether you feel intrinsically connected after five minutes or whether you feel disconnected after 15 months. Let's be gracious towards others and keep making those our own personal steps towards engagement with the body of Christ. Yeah, there's that really helpful tension there of church how being how we engage in it and being a part of it, but also that grace. It's like it's kind of a reflection of the gospel, right? We kind of the grace is given to us by God and it's not by our own merit, but we still are changed because of that and act differently because of that. Mm. And church is kind of a great place to, to see that working out. Yeah, absolutely. Nailed it. And, and can you imagine if uh, Jesus responded to us mm. uh, every time that we were, you know, not living up to his standard without grace? Yeah. And, uh, and perhaps we need to, you know, think to ourselves a bit more like Christ thinks about us. Mm. And so back to you, Nigel, you've, it's been great to talk about what the church is. You get to lead this local gathering of God's people mm. here in St Ives. What led you to want to be a, a, a pastor of a church? And particularly why, you know, we're an Anglican church at Christchurch. We don't make it necessarily a, a big deal about that. Um, and there's, you know, so there's not a lot of talk about what it means to be Anglican. How come you're a minister in the church? And why, did, why the Anglican church in particular? Yeah, I, uh, well, I... I should say, why the Anglican denomination in particular? Yeah, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Anton. Very well done. Um, my, I went to the dentist yesterday, and my dentist asked me this exact question, and I love okay. being asked this question, uh, because the answer is, because Jesus rose from the dead. Uh, and if that is actually true, if it is actually true that Jesus rose from the dead, that changes everything in the world. Mm. That, is a, that is the ultimate disruption. We might feel that... COVID-19 is a disruption to our lives, but mm. the resurrection of the dead is the ultimate disruption. Mm. And it announces that God wants to do business with you mm. and he wants to do eternal business with you. And, and I came to be convinced as a teenager that that was absolutely true. And uh, I also came to see that God had equipped me with gifts to be able to um, teach and encourage others to see the truth of the resurrection and it was incumbent upon me, therefore, to give serious consideration to using my life to serve Christ uh, in full-time ministry mm. um, because of that. And I was encouraged to do so by leaders uh, and friends. And so that's how I ended up in ministry. I, whenever I teach Year 6 Scripture, the first lesson each year, I'll say to the Year 6 kids, I'm sure there are some of you who don't want to be in this class and your mum has enrolled you and here is your ticket out. If you can prove to me that Jesus did not rise from the dead, I will never come back to this classroom. And you see some year six boys like, I'm writing that down. I'm writing that down. Challenge accepted. Why am I an Anglican minister? In part, it's because I was brought up in an Anglican church and I feel it was right of me to give back to the church that served me so richly uh, as a young man. Uh, but more than that, the Anglican Church has a rich heritage of theological clarity and Bible teaching mm. from the very beginning. Mm. Although we might look at King Henry VIII and say, he just wanted a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> you know, talk to me about the history long term one time. But, but the core of the Anglican Church is people who are concerned mm. for theological clarity and Bible teaching. Mm. And even though the Anglican Church around the world 
has become wonky in some places. That still, those two principles still stand at the very core of everything Anglicanism stands for. And beautifully, even in churches that have abandoned the gospel, they continue to preach the gospel week by week through the prayer book. And and so we don't use the prayer book here at St. Ives in a formal way, uh, but in whatever Anglican church exists in the world, they're all using a prayer book. They're all reading the scriptures. And what I've found is that even in wonky churches, there are people in those churches who've read the prayer book and they are theologically clear and they are biblically literate and they love Jesus because of the foundational documents mm. uh, of the church. So it's, the Anglican church is more than just a good boat to fish from. It's actually... It's <laughs> which actually, it is also. Which it is, it is more than that, though. It is actually uh, foundationally mm. gospel-shaped, mm. Jesus-centric, theological clear, teaching the Bible. Which is so essential because if church is uh, gathering together with Christ by his spirit mm. to be taught by his word, mm-hmm. then you need to be a church where the word is central yeah. and it's clear Absolutely. and, it's, um, and taught, um, uh, taught well so that we can express church as, we're meant to, as it's meant to be. Absolutely. All right, very last thing before we let you go, Nigel. Oh, well. We will there keep you for trivia. Oh, no. no. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, and, uh, but, okay, so we've been, oh, how many weeks into digital now? Many, many. Many, many. Lots, I said lots. it was 13 weeks, many weeks ago when yeah. I was preaching. It so, must be about 18 yeah. now. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Probably about 20 by the time episode, this episode drops. What, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to keep rocking up in front of a screen mm-hmm. each, each week. Um, and, you know, help if you gather with other people. But how would you encourage those who would like, oh, Digital church, this is just hard. Yeah. Look, I'm really aware that around the world, sort of 16 to 24-year-olds are over it. Uh, Absolutely. You can talk to anyone from any denomination in any country of the world. I'm really aware of that. Uh, And it is the... You know, I think older folks look at 16 to 24-year-olds you know, and, that, and, and, you know, you, you may be listening outside that demographic, but you, you know what I mean. Older folks look at people like us in this demographic and, uh, <laughs> and they... Uh, actually, these two gentlemen are older than me. But, um, <laughs> but they sort of think, you're always on your phone. You'll love digital church. Mm-hmm. But in actual fact, it is the bringing the serious into the impersonal frivolous, mm. there is a great disjunction yeah. for mm. people and, and that's that's created uh, a really difficult time. Mm. And, and what people keep saying is it's the relationships. <laughs> it's seeing people. It's actually gathering with friends. It's worshipping God together. That's what we are crying out for. And if you have decided to switch off 6.45 on a Sunday night and just think to yourself I'll be back when we're back I want to say I understand. I really do. But I also want to say, find a friend and step back in. Find, find a pathway to step back in. Why, why not actually try with a friend stepping into the morning? Do something different. Give yourself a different paradigm, a different place. Perhaps you might feel fresher in the morning to engage with the digital. Uh, we're, we're not going to be upset if you're not engaging at 6.45. If you engage at 9.30, that is okay. Uh, but try and find a fresh way of engaging with church. Uh, we've had some groups of uh, 6.45s at our house on a Sunday night, and that's been great. Have a quick meal beforehand, do church together, play some board games afterwards. Mm. Uh, that, that's been really positive. Uh, so 
you know, try and be creative, try and step back in. We understand, we really do. And, and no one's getting in trouble. Uh, we love you, but we really want to encourage you to step back in and be engaged. All right, well, now we are starting our regular segment on the podcast, Blank Space Bible Trivia. Um, and we've had Nigel join us for the discussion in the episode. We thought, why not have him join for the trivia part two? Um, now, just before you think, well, you know, you continue that I'm being a nasty on trivia. Yeah. Um, well, firstly, let's uh, encourage that um, thought. Nigel, uh, sorry, Simon, <laughs> what's the score? Uh, you are on eight points, Anton. Good job. Well done Thank you. with your Masters of Theology. <laughs> Um, and I am on three points with my not yet finished advanced diploma of theology. Look, but you're doing very well in that diploma. Thank you very much. Uh, so why don't you have, since Nigel's here, mm. why doesn't he buddy up and um, uh, you can work together for oh. this round of blank space? That's so generous and flexible with the rules for you. Yeah, this I'm very this, so this could be a disaster, however. <laughs> Just a very quick story is I, I once went to a preschool trivia night and the, the one religious question came up, what do you call a group of angels? And I'm thinking, group of angels, flock, legion. I can't remember what I said, but the answer was band. Band of angels. Why would you say band? Because a band of angels coming after me. The answer wasn't even from the Bible. <laughs> well, I can guarantee at least the answers in this one will be from the Bible. Well, so sometimes I, a bit weird from the Bible. It's off the sometimes. King James version, so sometimes it's a little bit like... I don't think that's right. Anyway. Is that category we're up to things or yes, numbers? Things. I think we're up to things. Okay. Let's definitely not do numbers, please. All right. Well, how about I kick off? So, um, all right. Question one for you guys. What did Solomon refer to as the wellspring of life? So this sounds very proverbial or mm. Song of Songs-ish. Wisdom. Mm. Wisdom. I would, I'd be happy to go with wisdom. Mm. I'm not sure it's going to be wisdom, but... No. Uh, well, fear of the Lord is the beginning, beginning of wisdom yeah. and beginning of knowledge. Over to you, Simon. Either, oh, dear. <laughs> I, like, I would probably... The wellspring of life. Probably, I'd probably go with wisdom. Like, I want to say God's word. Yeah. Like, wisdom within God's word is probably what Tom would have said. I think it's a... An intelligence stab in the dark. We'll, we'll lock in wisdom. Wisdom. It is incorrect. Mm. One's heart is the wellspring of life, says Proverbs oh. 4.23. Uh, yeah, okay. There you go. Well, I think Anton's probably quite pleased about <laughs> well, so, how things are going right now. Not, I'm not pleased when people lose. But, um, <laughs> oh, so which I'm question? I'm going to differ with that one. So B3 on that page. B3. Okay, Anton, here we go. Oh, this is like unbelievable. Is it a really easy one? Yes. He always gets the really easy ones. Yeah, see, I'm just happy when people win. What should we not allow to go down while we are angry? <laughs> when you're asking the question, I was really nervous, like, oh, what if I get this easy one right now? Um, it is the sun. And Bible reference? Is Ephesians. Yes. Something. 426. Yeah, well done, Anton. Very, very impressive. Look, I'm glad even when someone else is here, Anton still is the one to get all these questions. <laughs> um, okay. Next question. What does James compare to the small spark 
which can set a huge forest ablaze. Ah, the tongue! Yes! There you go. For reference, Nigel was pointing his tongue out at me then. There's a <laughs> clue. See, I don't get all the easy ones. <laughs> that's, that's true. I'll, I'll ask this one. In his vision, what instrument did John hear played before God's throne? It's a big vision that John mm. received. <laughs> Trumpet. Slash Incorrect. More. A harp. Oh, so mm. The harp was the second was thing. The harp. Oh, did you know that I one? I knew that one. Hey, Nigel would have got that one. <laughs> if only he was on your team. That's why he's done. a senior minister. <laughs> uh, where's that from? Uh, Revelation, Revelation 14, verse yeah, okay. 2. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Ah. Uh, is that two questions each? That's two questions. Yeah, we done. went so quickly. One point each. Yeah, yeah, one point each. Well done. So the gap is not narrowed. But the proportion gap. Yes, we said that last week. I'm not comforted by that. <laughs> <laughs> it still means there's a long way for me to go. <laughs> well, well done and not falling behind. Yeah. Simon yeah. slash Nigel. <laughs> Between us, we got one point. We got I'm, one point. I'm happy with that. Excellent. <laughs> I was glad to be able to contribute on the question that you knew. <laughs> Let's wrap up Lang's face. Yeah. Another week. All right, that brings us to an end to the 635 pod for another week. So glad you could join us. And to make sure you can join us every week, make sure you subscribe to the 635 pod on whatever podcast app you're using. Uh, do join us, as Nigel has encouraged us, to uh, four Sundays online at 9.30 a.m. or 6.45 p.m. Head to the Christchurch website for details for that. Next week, as we continue on in a Living for God season, we are looking at, Simon? We're looking at gifts, which I think is appropriate after looking at church we're thinking about gifts and how they function in the christian life yeah should be wild but less wild than you may think mm. we'll see yeah. but actually really helpful yeah. god willing yeah nigel great to have you along great to be you thanks guys and uh, we'll see you next time oh you'll hear us next time oh i say that every time you do that's okay <sighs>